him. It was not all him. Love Talk Radio. We'll get into that. Show Radio. It's your boy 3K at 3K underscore on Twitter. Joined tonight by two of my favorite radio co-hosts, Big Robbo at Seattle Rams underscore NFL. What's up, man? What up, everyone? We got Rams football to talk about. Rams foosball to talk about. IPA, Seattle. We got lots of it. And of course, Mycin Adiasor at M I G H T Y O R M I S O N E Mighty or Mycin. What's up, man? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Rams, Rams football. We'll say that with an asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> they were. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> we have football. How about that? We have football. We'll be joined yeah, we later it. on in the hour by everybody's favorite O'Coin of L.A. Joey O. L.A. Rams, Rams, Rams on your Twitter dial. Uh, he's got. Oh, what do we want to say? Mitigating family circumstances going down. Uh, he'll be yes. joining us in a little bit to talk about preseason opener. Before we get to that personal business, Robbo, you talked about some tacos. We were talking tacos before we got hot oh. um, corn, corn tortilla, ground beef, cilantro, avocado. What else was in there? I already forgot. What was the, what was the rundown? Robo Did we lose Robo? Uh oh. No, 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 no. <clears throat> got that red Mexico chili in there as well. That roasted red red chili. That's right. You got the uh, uh, the potato cheese. You got the the lightly That's lightly great. fried shell, so it's not too hard. It's just got a little shape to it. It's perfect. delicious. Yeah. Avocado with the lime. Love it. Can't beat it. Hits hits all the boxes. You got to have. You can go soft, but you still if you go soft, you still have to have some kind of texture. You got to have some kind of sauce component. It can be a salsa. It can be, it can be lime juice. That's fine too. You, you can always just go lime juice, cilantro, onion for the classic old school. You, you got to have some kind of liquid component. The protein's got to be on point, and you got to have something green, and you got to have some kind of a dairy. It can be a crema. It can be a cheese. Yep. That's a taco, man. As long as you got all those things, you get an A plus. Mycin, were, were you getting feelings over tacos over there? I heard, or were you just drooling? What was that? I heard noises coming out. Man, you know how I am with tacos, dude. <laughs> I, I love being That sounds I was gonna say that sounds less like you want to eat tacos. Like you know what happens when I get around tacos. It's just the evening. So this is how this is how it went down tonight. I was uh I'm working. <laughs> I'm planning on leaving early. So I send the wife a text and it's usually Friday and neither one of us really want to cook or whatever. It's like some of the texts is you know, well, what do we do for dinner? How about tacos? The response was, yeah. "You don't have, you know, you never have to ask me about tacos. We're good on tacos, so don't, man. it was easy to do. It's always delicious. 
the way to go. Friday taco, taco. As long as you hit all those check marks, you can't mix it up. You need texture. You need green. You need sauce. You need protein. You're, you're loving life, my son. What's going on, man? In the loo? Are you in the loo, or are you out on one of your Mysoni excursions? I'm in the loo. I'll be in the loo until the end of the month when I go to the Lake of the Ozarks. So until then, I'm in the loo. <laughs> Ooh, I watched that. I watched that Netflix. You better watch out out there. It's a good show, isn't it? Be really careful. Good show. <laughs> that was a show. I thought that was a documentary. Um, do, no, it's a show any any, any oh okay. I thought it was, I thought it was real life. Uh, any any random daily drama? Any tragedies? Any broken cars? Broken refrigerators? <laughs> broken bones? Broken bats babies? In the, bats in the in the Bats in the house. Gatorade and the computer. <laughs> Me and my little brother just went to the gym for two hours. We played basketball for two hours. I rushed home to get ready for the show, and I got out of the car and dropped my phone on the concrete. But that was about the worst thing that happened. It didn't even oh. break, so boom. All right. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. That's a good sign. Didn't have a case. Either. <laughs> no, no fights. Um, I'm, I'm no fights when you were hooping. Nah, nah, no fights, no fights. It was, it was be me and little brother one on one. We had a side court one on one all day. That's right. With a 13-year-old yeah. for two hours, I'm a little tired. <laughs> I might pass. Well, you never know. It. Yeah, one-on-one's fine, especially if it's somebody you know. But when you go out and hoop, if you're playing with people you don't know, it, you, there's always somebody who thinks that's the time for a hard foul. And it's like, dude, why? Come on, man. You don't win any trophies <laughs> for this shit. Who do you what, – right. what are you trying to prove? We're just trying to hoop. Good to hear, man. Um, you know what wasn't good to hear? Uh, the uh, updates every eight seconds – from the Rams game in Baltimore last night, because the more I listened and the more that my eyes saw, the worse it went. Um, here's my first question. It's a real simple one. Do you care? Do we do we even care about what happened? I can't, I don't think I do. Uh, no. no, not really. I mean, I, at least I'm, I'm mixed up. But go ahead, Rob. Go ahead. I mean, really. I mean. There was what two starters? Jamon Brown, asterisk, yeah. can be starter week one, and for a little Jensen bit, Edicone, right? I mean, there are two yeah. guys out there. You had a bunch of guys who were fighting for the back end of the roster and special teamers to see what they could do going against Baltimore's number ones. Um, sure, I mean I get the panic and the annoyance of what what they saw because you know you want to see your team come out Super Bowl hype, whatever. But really, with None of those guys, none of those cats you saw playing other than Johnny Hecker are going to be doing much this year. You hope, if all goes right, you hope you don't see any of those guys. So, I mean. See, but that's the point. I mean, that's. That's, that's why, that's why I care. See, I don't care because it's like, oh, these are the starters. But then I do care because it's like, these are the starters. Like, the the, the, the people say the old saying is the backup quarterback job is the most important job on the team, you know, because he, he has to go in at a moment's notice and win you the game. You never know when he's going to get called Nick upon. Foles, you know? right? Nick Foles. And exactly. <laughs> Case Keenum. You know, so having a good backup is a big deal. And that's not, not just the quarterback when I say that. I mean in general. And, you know, you look around and you say, uh. Don't have any good backups. The, 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 the entire <laughs> The entire second unit looked to struggle quite a bit, and I like the fact that the, none of the starters played because the second unit got to play against the Ravens starters, who yeah. oddly enough, yeah. the, oddly enough, were to be so early in the preseason, played quite a bit. So having your second unit go against the starters, you get to see what you're working with, and then, 
Yeah. <laughs> a little I mean, worried about a, death. It didn't go well. In a sense, it was good because it gives the coaches something to look at from their, you know, their guys who they're really evaluating. Absolutely. For sure. You're not you're not evaluating Todd Gurley, you're not evaluating Jared Goff, but you damn exactly. sure evaluate, you know, Brendan Allen and Sean Mannion and Justin Davis and uh, you know, Kelly the I mean, offensive line. Oh, everyone yeah. not named Daryl Williams and Cornelius no. Lucas. I mean, you I have don't these guys. I don't so tell Ethan Westbrook good. good game because Ethan Westbrook could actually start for quite a few teams. So I don't yeah, yeah. No, care. He's not a backup. But you <laughs> He's have, not a backup. You know, Tanzil Smart last year, he was he started the he had a pretty good summer. Yeah. He started off all right and then he kinda of fell on his ass and it looks like he's still on his ass. I mean, so it gave him valuable reps against ones where you can actually see, okay, individually when they look at the tape, who do we think measured up and who fell flat. And so I think it, you know, it's, it's, it's not a bad thing. Now, if this continues throughout the preseason, the panic level is just going to rise and it's going to be fun for week one when nobody really plays except for guys. So they want to evaluate. I mean, you got to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, a lot of good tape that I think the other reason I don't care was you, you could kind of tell, in that first quarter, because, it, you know, and I, don't, I guess I should throw out a game recap. That first quarter was so bad that the Rams were down 17 to nothing at the end of it. In terms of the play calling, there was no uh, impetus. There was, there was no motivation to try to stem it. And I think the reason why was it doesn't matter if we win or lose the game. So on third down, you're not necessarily calling your best call to try to pick up the first you're you're making some calls to try to evaluate some guys especially because the first team offensive line is going against that first, or excuse me our second team offensive line was going against their first team defense so you may be calling something they want may have wanted to see something from Tameric Hemingway or from Sean Mannion and not necessarily play calling the game to win if that makes sense and I thought to me that got real apparent oh, yeah. in the first quarter where if we were trying to win that game you would have needed a hell of a lot more uh, what's the right word? Not not necessarily panic, but okay, you got to make a change, and that starts on the sidelines with Sean McVay. Right, and that wasn't really the way he was calling this game. It was more a glorified practice session, which is exactly what it was. Uh, in terms of the game itself, uh, for those people who haven't seen it yet, it didn't go well. Things uh, started pretty shaky. Defensive drive that uh, saw some mistakes. Troy Hill, uh, who had a had a rough had a rough go in the first half, picked up a pretty dumb penalty late in the drive. They ended up scoring. Offense stalled out. You get kind of that avalanche effect, and by the end of the first quarter, it's 17 nothing, and just didn't gain any footing offensively throughout the game. A late touchdown was really all we had to show for it. Otherwise, you know, the Ravens, after building up that lead, just kind of chipped away. Final score, 33-7. to The big stat takeaway, Sean Mannion, 3-for-13 for 16 yards. No touchdowns, obviously, and an interception. Brandon Allen, who came in thereafter, 10-for-15, just 73 yards on 10 completions. One touchdown, no interceptions, no Luis Perez. Uh, Baltimore, on the other hand, 263 yards passing, split between Joe Flacco, Lamar Jackson, RG3. Rushing game, one big run from John Kelly, who overall looks pretty good. He ended up with 77 yards on 13 carries. Justin Davis looked strong, 41 yards, 7 carries. Uh, Baltimore got a lot done rushing, too. They had 140 yards on 33 carries. Not a ton late, but early on between Alex Collins and Lamar Jackson, they were getting a lot done on the ground. Uh, and then just some weird play from the defense. Uh, you had, like I said, Troy Hill didn't have a great uh, early game. You had some good, some good play from the rookies, guys like Micah Kaiser, uh, Tigre Scales. Um, you mentioned Ethan Westbrooks. Justin Lawler flashed at times. 
Curtis Michael, I thought, had some good uh, moments on tape. So a lot of stuff from the rookies to really enjoy. I think it was some of the guys around them that you could make some questions about that need to get answered moving forward. But obviously a lot of the talk was on Sean Mannion. That's got to be the place to start. Um, what, what, what do you guys – obviously we were talking about this when we were coming into the, the opening music, Robbo. What's, what's your feeling on – a, whether this is a legit evaluation of where Mannion's at going into his fourth year, his contract year. How do you feel about him? How does this game jive with what you feel? And where do you think he goes from here, knowing that he's still going to get a hell of a lot of time this preseason? Yeah, I mean, uh, how, do I, how do I say this without pissing everybody off? I don't know that he was as bad as his numbers dictated. Uh, he started off the game 2-2 two of two with a first down, Josh Reynolds. Then after that, and there was, he wasn't throwing the ball downfield. So there, the knocks on Chamanian, if you want to look at what wasn't his fault, he's not mobile. He wasn't throwing the ball down the field. I mean, so I get that. He was missing guys when he had a chance. That's later. But So he goes two of two, gets a first down, and then he goes, Tameric Hemingway drop, sack, bat a ball back in his face, uh, flush from the pocket, and ball swatted away from behind. Uh, and then that just kind of was the theme of the night when he was out there. Uh, Daryl Williams was awful. The old line, you know, Cornelius Will, uh, uh, Lucas on the other side wasn't much better. So he had some guys in his face. Sure. And that's fine. But he doesn't, he doesn't excite you. I mean, there's nothing Sean Mannion does that just says, you know, this is, this is the guy. And I'm, I was actually surprised with all the draft picks that they had this year that they didn't go find a guy for McVay to kind of groom. I guess it's, sure. you know, Brendan Allen, right? But, I mean – they didn't go find, like, let's go get this guy. He could be the project guy. He could be the guy after Mannion next year because I'd be surprised if they bring him back, maybe. I, I, nobody – he didn't do anything that that said, you know, this is an up-and-coming guy that I'm really excited about, especially for his draft status. Uh, I would rather have a linebacker in that third-round spot that we, you know, we could probably use right now over Sean Mannion. Sure. But – Everything that went, I mean, Rams, if you watched Twitter last night, you would think that the man was the worst player in the history of the game. I think that people were going in. Rams Twitter was going in on him. Ooh, it was expectations of what this team has got going for them and then not happy when he's, you know, struggling, which he did struggle because he had, you know, he started off 2 of 2. He had those guys around him not stepping up. And then when he had opportunities later in the first half, uh, he's got Cooper. He's got a Pharaoh Cooper going on the, out to the sideline for for a first down. He misses him, and then he's got Josh Reynolds open again on a third down conversion at the sticks. Throws it over the top of his head. Yeah. Uh, right. Then he has that terrible INT, which was completely his fault. He throws it into triple coverage, underthrows the ball. Defender makes a good play. So Sean Mannion did not help himself whatsoever. Is, here's a question: Is he playing for? His career. I mean, it, it, at this point, you said yeah. we don't know if he's even going to get re-signed. But is it fair to say yeah. that, Myson, that this preseason is really just the audition for his contract, whether it's with the Rams or somewhere else in the NFL? Sure. Uh, he's putting it on tape. I think, but, I think I without question that, that's the case. Uh, because there, he, he's only, this is a preseason four for him, you know, and he – he only has his preseason to go off of. He's had uh, a mixed bag. Uh, basically, in the four preseasons, uh, he's had one really good one, one not so good one, and one that was just like, oh, okay, you're definitely a career backup, <laughs> you know. And so this one here, you know, you're starting off and you're looking at that, and you're like, okay, this is horrible. We see just this past game. Now, again, it's only pre- the first preseason game, and considering he is the backup, you know, it's not like it's uh, Jared Goff where he's the starter. 
and it's the preseason. You're not saying, oh, it's the end of the world with that with that guy. But when you're the backup and you're in year four, this could be – you could be drawn towards the end, you know. <laughs> um, it's especially, the, especially, as I said earlier, the old thing is the backup quarterback is the most important position on the team because when you are playing this – playing like this, you know, what we just saw. Now, I would be – when I finish this off, I have an excuse for him. But <laughs> when you're playing like this, uh, it does make you say, okay – do we need to start looking into getting some type of security behind Jared Goff and Joe? I think you've mentioned that before earlier in this offseason about getting sure. some type of security behind Jared Goff. And, you know, it's something that you definitely have to think about because, you know, Jared Goff, Ty Gurley, if you lose one of those guys, your whole thing can crumble because you can, they're kind of making everything go right now in this Sean McVay offense. Um, and we'll get on the, the Ty Gurley back up a little later. But I will say this, one excuse for – Sean Mannion, and I thought about this when watching the game. Uh, Sean Mannion just had a baby. And, and, you know, he's been away from camp a bit uh, because of it. And uh, as Joey can probably attest, you know, that last month or whatever going into uh, of the pregnancy, going into getting ready uh, for the child to come can be kind of hectic. <laughs> you know, things get to be harder for, for the wife. So I can only imagine that. It's probably not been priority number one for at least the last months. So I, that would probably make a lot of sense to put the rust and everything because, again, he, he was off for uh, the first week of camp, actually. So that, that 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 might explain quite a bit. It's probably just rust. But we'll see. Well, you know, maybe kind of a set. I, 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 felt, I felt like I needed the old uh, Brenda's Got a Baby hook on there. We could have hooked it up for Mannion's Got a Baby. <laughs> you know, you're about to <laughs> I was wait. Mannion's got a what's the end of it? Uh, quarter quarterback baby. found slain, and Mannion's name. He's got a baby. Mannion's got a baby. Tupac, sure. baby. you gotta have Tupac references where the uh, podcast now. Let me bring him right. on. We got Joey O uh, lined up because uh, I do want to bring him on. That's a good point about the whole fatherhood thing. What's up, Joey? You we got you on? Yeah. What's going on, Dirk? How you doing? Hey, Dirk. What's up, Dirk? Hey, question, man. So, uh, yeah, about about no, Sean I, Here's I, I kind of a question heard. for you, Joey. With with all the yep. with all the um, expectations going into this season, was it clearly we got deflated last night? But how much of that was on Sean Mannion? What was your reaction when you saw that first quarter and things just kind of devolved? Well, you know, you could definitely make excuses for the guy, and people sure. have, and. Um, you know, he he wasn't playing with any any uh, besides Javon Brown. There's there's no other starters playing with him, and he was going against like on the Ravens. There was a, there was a lot of first uh, first string guys that he was going up against. So there's that. But yeah, I felt like his um, he just looked slow. He looked just didn't look accurate. He just and I, I think Mike has a point. I mean, I have a two week old right now, and I know that like. I don't know how much of a baller Sean Mannion is, I and mean, he might have a wet how's, how's your pocket print? Have... How's your pocket print? Is what's yeah, your exactly. footwork like? Exactly. He might have somebody that has the baby cover, and he's and he's over in Irvine, not even worrying about staying up all night with the baby. So that could not be an option. But my the, the way I feel about this is when you talk about uh, just the depth of the quarterback position and the backup to Jared Goff is I feel I feel okay with with. Uh, with, with, with the guy behind Shine Man and, and, um, and Brandon Allen, I, I, I thought he was, um, I thought he was fine. 
You know, he's. I don't think we're going to be able to trade him for a first round pick. I mean, I don't think he's like a, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think he is. Uh, he felt serviceable. Like I, I, um, yeah, he's not going to be like if Goff goes down, it's not going to be like, yeah, like we're going to go to the Super Bowl with this guy. But watching him, he moved the offense, and he hasn't got a lot of snaps, a lot of looks with, um, with this offense. So I don't know. What do you guys think about him? Uh, I think he played against third and fourth stringers, and he had a pretty good run game to help him out. But I would like uh-huh. to see him move up the depth chart and get some get some run against maybe the twos next week, see if it continues. Do you right. think he could be the number two going into the season? Do you think that is a stretch? I think anyone I could think be the two. I, I don't want anyone to be the <laughs> I right. want the right person to be the two. But um, I wouldn't – I think the Rams need to seriously consider looking at who's available because, um, honestly, like I said, you know, it could be Sean Mayer's just rusty and we'll see. But um, I think that it's it's time to really consider bringing in another quarterback. I have a quarterback in mind, a question brought up on Twitter. But <laughs> um, I definitely think Colin Kaepernick, yes. <laughs> uh, Johnny Mandel. A popular, a popular Twitter thing also oh. is – RG3 touchdown, so let's look at RG3 when everybody else in the league is passed on. Wait, wait, wait. Well, no, we're not jumping off this Colin Kaepernick thing that quick. (laughs) (laughs) No, why not? The NFL did. The league did. If it's good enough for the NFL, it's good enough for us. (laughs) Right. Shout out to Casey underscore Dub though for bringing that up. I thought that was a good. I was like, you know what? Good, good, good job. I agree. Let's 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 throw that out there. how would how would you guys feel about the Rams bringing in Kaepernick? I would be all for it. Uh, but so here's the thing: not Astros. only would I be all for it, I was all for it 12 months ago, and the fact that it hasn't happened means it ain't gonna happen. Like it's a great idea, but yeah. we've needed a, back, a legitimate help for backup quarterbacks for 15 months, 16 months, and uh, we got uh, Luis Perez, Sam Bradford. <laughs> They're they're already talking about this team bringing in too many big personalities and distractions. Can you imagine the chatter if they said, you know what, we need to go get Cap with what he brings? And I like Cap, and I like his stance, but not everybody does, and that would just pile on more garbage on top of the you know the dream team bullshit that we've been hearing for the last couple of months. But I say, hold on one second, up. let me bring it up. Google Analytics turf show times plus Colin Kaepernick. 15 million page views. Yeah, we got to do it. We have to do it. Get to the side. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And, and the thing about, about Kaepernick is that he has not played – like, he's almost like the Sam, the Sam Shields of the uh, quarterback position, right? Like, he, the last right, time right. he played was what, two, 2015, 2016? It's been, a, it's been a while, right? Something like that. He's been de- he's been dealing with concussions from the alt right. It's a different kind of uh, ouster. Um, I'd l- I'd love to bring in uh, Colin Kaepernick, RG three, Johnny Manziel, whomever. But I think there's just been this weird c- disconnect about the depth chart and about. I would not throw <laughs> oh, Johnny yeah. Manziel's name out there. Yeah. Here, here, let, let me let, let me ask you why. I get it. Johnny Manziel's wacky. Would you rather have Johnny Manziel or Sean Mannion as your backup quarterback? Sean. Give me 
John give me Manning. Vernon Davis and let John Mandel stay stay in the CFL. Johnny Can Cooper Cup throw a spiral? Cooper Johnny Manziel is Ooh, I like trash. <laughs> I would prefer Johnny Hecker over Johnny Menzel. Facts. I, yeah. he, here's the only thing that, and maybe this is it's just me, that the, everything pre-Sean McVay has this weird asterisk next to it where we can sweep it all under the Jeff Fisher rug. I think the problem with Sean Mannion is you've got Sean McVay, yeah, and obviously the offensive line did him no favors. We, he's still got three games left in the preseason, and like we were talking about, he needs to make the most out of those uh, with his uh, employment on the line thereafter. I, I, I would be worried that if somebody like Sean McVay and everything that we have offensively uh, supporting him around this team, off the field and on, and we've got to see if the offensive line does a better job, if he can't elevate his play as a backup in this kind of a situation – where it's going to get better for him. And I guess the only reason I'd throw Johnny Manziel in there along with those other guys is he may be hot garbage right now, but I have a lot of faith in Sean McVay to make the most out of what he gets on the depth chart, whether that's guy number one on the 53 or guy at the bottom of the tent on the practice squad. And I, I would, based on what I've seen from Sean Mannion in his career, and obviously with the recency bias coming off of last night, I don't know that I feel good that Sean Mannion is good enough even to soak some of that up to get better, but I guess we'll see. Where's uh, Sean Hill these days? Let's make Brenda Bate happy. Retired. <laughs> I think he's an assistant manager of Domino's Pizza. <clears throat> right. It's I just watched possible. Better, I just it's better, quite possible. Better call Saul. He must, he's managing a, uh, a Cinnabon in Omaha, Nebraska right now. If we, if we can't get Jay but Cutler, I'll pick Jay Cutler's butt. Ah. I would take Jay Cutler. Now, but 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 this is all you know under the guise that Jared Goff gets hurt, and um, and 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 right now he's um, he has that knee brace, but no injuries. So um, uh, that doesn't I don't. Mean anything. I, I know, lots but of I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not freaking out about never. it right now because you know when we've seen in the past couple of years when you have guys like. Um, you know, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. You know, his his, his leg explodes. Then, you know, they they make they make a panic move. Um, you know, and 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 there, there's guys. I mean, there, there are teams that are really deep at quarterback. I think rather than getting a guy like um, Johnny Manziel, I would see them. You know, looking at the Ravens and being like, "Hey, you guys got three quarterbacks," or going to the Browns, being like, "You guys got a bunch of quarterbacks," and making a trade there if sure. that happens. I could see them. You know, doing doing something like that. Do I think that's a great idea? Do I want that to happen? No. But I think that's sure. more of a of a viable option than them getting a guy that hasn't played in the NFL for a couple of years. Yeah, I was being kind of silly with Johnny Manziel, but that's what I'm going to – here's what I would say. One thing I would point out about the quarterback depth chart, and then we can move across the roster, is this front office under Les Snead doesn't have a great history of addressing this position, that depth chart. Uh, go back to 2014 – when Sam Bradford was coming off of a torn ACL, when Johnny Manziel was coming through the draft, and there was a lot of pressure on the Rams to get some kind of a plan B. If Sam Bradford's ACL rehab went awry, or just as a, another option, since at that point Sam Bradford's career was not taking off the way people wanted to, they didn't do that. They decided to go all in on Sam Bradford coming back fully healthy, didn't really invest anything in that quarterback depth chart, and when he tore his ACL, they were stuck with... Uh, Sean Hill, Sean Austin Hill. Davis, and making 
making a late play for Case Keenum once he got released by Houston, but that was so late into the preseason that he didn't even get a chance to get a grasp of the offense, not necessarily that it mattered. Um, Then you come back last year where uh, Jared Goff coming off of his rookie season obviously had a lot of questions, and for Sean McVay coming on board, maybe there there was a chance there to go and get you know, a legitimate veteran guy that could not necessarily to take time on the field, but could help out that depth chart in a way that Jared Goff and Sean Mandy can't remember. They brought Dan Orlovsky, I think for a couple weeks or something like that, but it wasn't very long. Um, didn't end up getting the guy didn't spend any capital. My son, you mentioned the fact that I said a couple times in the off season, I would have been fine if they had taken a quarterback in the third or fourth round, if only because we don't have that guy on the offense and you can waste those kind of picks elsewhere, which is exactly what they did with Sean Mannion, the way that they've managed him up to this po- point And the fact that we don't have a viable backup. It's one of those things that's worried me. And obviously last night didn't do much to help that. I think one position that's looking much more interesting though, is running back and the Rams have had a hell of a lot yeah. of experience with this position. So since 2012 what'd you guys think about john kelly and justin davis and, and even to a degree malcolm brown it's looking interesting uh not to a degree malcolm brown this is the kelly davis show <laughs> yep. kelly and davis took off with it um figuratively and literally uh davis though he just kind of picked up where he left off last preseason um lots of explosiveness the fumble. The cut. minus the fumble yeah, yeah. without the fumble yeah He'll pick his foot in the ground and just get north or south and pick up chunk yards. Like, this is something that you see him do regularly, and it's something you've see, seen him do at uh, USC. So, I definitely think that uh, Justin Davis has really made a strong push. Uh, you know, if he can continue this for two years in a row, I, I, it'd be hard for me to understand, um, you know, him not put, uh, pushing Malcolm Brown for that number two job. I would say the only thing that's probably standing in his way is pass pro. And, you know, he didn't do very well at all last year sure. in the preseason of the pass pro. So if he can improve on that, because the way he runs, and I think he's clearly the better receiver over Malcolm Brown, uh, the way he runs and the way he catches the ball, if he can improve on his pass pro, I think Malcolm Brown better be looking over his shoulder. Um, Jim, uh, John Kelly, though, I almost said Jim Kelly. John Kelly, though, well, um, I like to cut back on his 40-yard scamper. But uh, sure. I think the 40-yard scamper was kind of like the, the highlight of the day. You know, he had that other good run. But for the most part, I think the 40-yard scamper was everything, you know, especially for him to have so many carries, only have 70 yards, yarder, and, you know, you're talking about averaging like three yards a carry. So it is um, – I thought he had a, I thought he had a, a few decent runs mixed in there. But for the most part, Davis and Kelly, I think they outshined uh, Mal- uh, Malcolm Brown, even though he didn't have as many carries, uh, especially Davis. Davis was just – Davis. The, the only thing I w- wonder about Malcolm Brown is how much value, and I don't know, Sean McVay, well, that's the phone calling. Maybe somebody needs to call into Tertial Radio. How much value there's going to be for like a third down or goal line back, right? Because Malcolm Brown's got 20, maybe 25 pounds on these guys. Um, he's about the same weight as Todd Gurley, but Todd Gurley's a lot taller. Um, I, is there a value for that? Do any of you guys feel like, uh, you know, John Kelly – Justin Davis are an all-purpose back that can obviously serve the Rams better first through third down, and that Malcolm Brown might be a specialist back? I think Malcolm Brown is a safe pick. You know what? He's a vet. He's been around. But realistically, how many carriers are any of these guys going to get through this year? I mean, if, yeah. you're, if, you're, if we're relying on any of them to have meaningful carriers, then there's a, there's a problem. Right? He gets back to the season and health. Same thing with Jared Goff sure. in, the, in the backup quarterback position. Uh I don't see, 
I don't see much out of Malcolm Brown other than that we've already seen from Malcolm Brown. You know, he's 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 uh, he's Johnny on the spot. He's he's the guy you can depend on. You just kind of go in and not screw it up for you. Uh, John Kelly definitely needs to work on his pass pro. I didn't pay attention as much for uh, for Mr. Davis, but I did watch specifically on Mr. Kelly, and boy, it was it was not pretty. So that's that's where those two cats gonna have to pick it up and and really do the work over the next couple of weeks to improve in that. Not saying they can't, uh, but honestly, are they, do we expect them to get many carries and many many much run other than you know unless there's blowout action? I don't think so. So why not go with the with the up and coming guy and see if you can you know hit on something? Everything every time I've seen Davis play, other than the fumble problems. I've seen explosive sure. runs on the guy. He's he just kind of has a little it factor. And even last night when everything was struggling, he bounces out and I saw a 13-yard gain. Uh, it's called back on offsetting penalties. But you know what? It was the only spark they had in the first half. It was was that one Justin Davis run. It was for 13 yards. But it, right. at least it looked it had a, a semblance of being dangerous, where nothing else had a, in that entire first half. You know, any of the receiving. Oh, oh, good, Joe. I was just going to say, in defense of Malcolm Brown, yes, he isn't as flashy as these two guys. And watching these guys run, especially in the preseason, because it reminds me of last season, that they're just, you know, just ripping up the defenses like butter, and it's fun to watch. But you you bring up the pass protection issue, and that's when I think it goes down that just traditional kind of smash mouth philosophy of which of these guys is going to help us and third down to have a back that's going to be able to block. And I think right now the advantage goes to Malcolm Brown and he isn't as explosive as these guys. And in a way I would almost hope that Sean McVay can uh, come up with some really clever pay plays and do something different on third down. And actually when he has to, you know, relieve Todd Gurley that you, you put in guys like Justin Davis rather than Malcolm Brown, because we, we, we see that it could really pay off with, um, you know, some, some huge plays, but you might be also uh, paying for that with um, the fact that they're not as polished or completely, um, you know, a complete running back in the, in the sense that they're just, they're just speed and maybe they don't have the weight and they don't, they don't have the ability to block like, like Brown does. So it's going to be fun to watch, and I really, really like Justin Davis, and I, I hope that he can figure it out. Because if, if he figures out how to block, I think he's going to be um, he's going to be great. Well, I think Sean McVay did want to do that last year, right? Let's get a third down guy who can kind of come in and give us a little something, and then he got hurt, and that guy ended up being Todd Gurley, and <laughs> he was pretty damn good at it. Uh, I think when they signed when they signed Lance Dunbar last year, that's the, that's what they wanted him to do, right? On third down, yep. the, you know, the back of the backfield, whatever. He gets hurt, and it ends up being like, wow, this girly guy is pretty good at everything. Um, yeah, it's yep. interesting. And, and we have Tavon too. So you, so you take out Tavon and you, and you give a little bit of those looks, maybe to, to, to these new guys. Who knows? That's true. The too. other that's thing Malcolm Brown point, has. But... Yeah, yeah, it is. The other thing the... Malcolm Brown has going for him is that he's thick. T H I C C. And we are a pro-thick podcast, so that's good. <laughs> pro-thick. <laughs> really? Very, really. Uh, from the receivers, like what do you guys think? Henry... What's that? Oh, yeah. Can we talk about Henry Krager Kobo with his, his one reception? One for 10. 10. Yards? One for 10. Hey, making the team. Making the team, what he needed to do. That's what I'm talking. <laughs> what do you think, Mike? Tiger Cobalt stands. 
Say it again, Joe. Mason. What do you think? Yeah. What do you think from the receivers? Anybody that stood out to you? Obviously, Kaderil Hodge with the touchdown. He's probably got the headline of the night. I don't know that he had a game to look at. I mean, you should already know my answer. It's, it's very simple, very easy. You know, there's only one guy Mike on this Thomas. team that really. There's only one guy on this team that really matters. <laughs> and his name, Drumroll, please. <laughs> You guys really gonna make me do my own drum roll? <laughs> I need to get one. Of that. See, that's what we talked about. It. If you need the audio, you're supposed to tell me. I could have had it loaded in the system. There we, we go. We could have had everything. Go. I got so much hey, here ready to go. I do we, not have a drum roll. I'll put it on the list. I'll have it next time. We gotta have a drum roll. On, we gotta have a drum roll on deck at all times. But Mike Thomas, no question. And also Tamara Kimmingway. I wanted to see how well he moved around out there. I didn't really care about how many targets he got. Like when I was watching, like I was looking at the coach's film, and I'm just like, okay, how's he moving? Is he uh, getting in out of breaks? Do he look comfortable on that leg? Because as anyone that's listened to me at all since scouting him, I'm a big fan of Tamari Hemingway, and I'm still convinced that, I'm gonna, that we're going to see him do some things this year. But, yeah, Mike Thomas and Tamari Hemingway, two guys I was looking at a lot. But overall, as far as you're looking for impact or anything like that, no, this, this wasn't the game for that. This is a spread the ball around game. Do you think that they're going to keep giving looks to Mike Thomas in games? Do you think they're going to just try to see – where Thomas fits in, like, is he going to be above um, Josh Reynolds? Like, as far as the depth chart for the wide receiver goes, do you think Thomas yeah. is almost, like, I don't four think Josh, of, I don't, of I think, these guys? I don't think Josh Reynolds has anything on lock. Um, I really think the force fan exception. I mean, I, I just, it's hard for me to see how he could have anything locked down. Um, plus, Sean McVay really likes Mike Thomas, really, really likes and aside from that, you know, Mike Thomas, I think Mike Thomas, one thing is clear. Mike Thomas' spot on the team is secure because uh, Bones, he's in love with what he does on special teams. And personally, I'm in love with what he does on special teams as well. And I really think what he does on special teams as a gunner translates to him being a th- deep threat. His ability to beat a two-man press coverage um, <laughs> as a gunner has really helped him thrive beating guys in one-on-one press <laughs> coverage and getting behind him for the, for the, uh, as, a, as a receiver. Um, so you, when you hear Sean McVay talk about him, you know, he's really he really has an admiration for him. So I think it's more so putting him in a spot to where if he's needed, he can step in. But I don't think Josh Reynolds has anything on lock. I definitely think that that position is still wide open. Uh, that next receiver up position is still wide open. I don't think Merrill Cooper's is so much into the conversation as it is Josh Reynolds and, and uh, Mike Thomas. I think the rest of this preseason they're going to battle it out for that. Will and you know what? Josh Reynolds <clears throat> might not Good. be battling for much over the next couple of weeks because he's got an ankle injury. That just came down. Thanks. That's true. They, I did yep. see the note from McVeigh that he and um, who else? Somebody else was getting evaluated Kevin for injury. Peterson I already forgot. Had a knee. Kevin, Kevin Peterson, Peterson right, had a cornerback. knee, and Josh Reynolds has an ankle. Now we don't see it. We don't know the severity, but uh, hey. it sounds like could be something to watch over the next week or two. Yeah. How about your boy yeah. uh, Henry you Krieger Cole. HKC. <laughs> he he had him a catch in that game. He was one for one, yep. one target, and he caught it, ten yards first. What do we, well, what you do know, we think? Like, Eager Krieger, three targets. So it was Noble it was Coble? spread around. Like nobody was getting a lot of heat. You know, like you guys got like um, Hemingway only had two looks, and uh, so it, it it was a little bit kind of. Um, 
just well, like a wait-and-see approach to what these receivers look like. You know, I just got to go to the next game before I could really have an opinion. It's, don't you it's, think? Hard to rack up, it's hard to rack up targets when you're con- constantly shitting on yourself and going three and out and being rushed and flushed out of the pocket and balls batted in your face. I mean, so, yeah, there was just there was a lot, a lot in the first half to evaluate on anyone past the line of scrimmage. It goes back to what I was saying. When you're in the preseason, you know, you, you shouldn't be looking for guys to make impacts and things like that. Of course, there's going to be those one or two guys every once in a while that just kind of pops up, you know, and you're like, oh, wow, you know, the I think the, the a, a good example would be um, – what is his name, the Giants receiver, Victor Cruz, uh, you know, when he, that preseason where he stepped up to the scene, everybody was like, geez, who is this guy? You know, then from there he became like their guy. Those things do happen, but for the most part, when you're watching these preseason games, you really have to watch watch it like a coach if you're looking for um, looking to see how guys are performing. You have to watch it like a coach and just go back, watch the game, and watch each individual player, you know, on the play and see how they do, you know, like actually watch – to see what uh, Mike Thomas does or what Josh Reynolds does or Farrell Cooper and watch them individually. They may not be getting the ball on their route, but, hey, how well did they look on their route? Was they able to get the defender on their heels? Was they able to create any sort of separation? Because even though the ball may not come their way, they could still be in position to get the ball had it come their way. So just looking at those things and seeing the consistency in which they do it, it really gives you a good feel for where a player is. I agree 100%. Yeah, and I was actually watching the game back today trying to focus on certain players when I saw them on the field, but you, you can only see so much on the TV replay, right? So uh, you have no doubt that the coaches are getting that coaches film and, and, and those positions. Yeah, you've got to have coaches film. I've got to that I misled. You have to have coaches film. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. The other problem is, like you mentioned, there's just not enough snaps to go around. So if somebody's getting like eight snaps, 10 snaps, 15 snaps, Versus what you get in a regular game, once you get 50 snaps, it's really hard to get a lot of quality play uh, over and over and over versus somebody who may not get that quality play, but over the course of 20, 30, 40 snaps, get to that. Uh, but yeah, it was a bad showing by the offense. But I think we know what that brings us to, Myson Adiasor. That brings us to. There it is. Yeah. The defense. I can make this happen. You just got to give me a minute. Uh, defensively, um, I don't know. What, what do we want to start with? What stood out? Obviously, we had, we had a couple good performances for some of the rookies. Who was, who was your favorite rookie? Let's do that as a roundtable. Hmm. You know Michael Kaiser. Michael Kaiser. Ooh, Michael Kaiser. Michael Kaiser was a guy that when I did his scouting report, um, I talked about him pretty highly. Uh, you know, he. I think that him and Avery uh, Gen, uh, Gentry, the, the, those two uh, backers, were the ones who I liked the most, really, uh, just of all the linebackers. I thought they were both highly thought they uh, thought they both were highly highly underrated, like ridiculously underrated, and neither one should have lasted as long as they did. But I'm glad that that he uh, that Michael Kaiser did fall to the Rams last where he did, you know, because I personally felt like he was he was a second late second round uh, draft pick. Um, he's he's a linebacker that you can kind of line up and just have him do a lot of different things. And you know, you heard his name a lot. Uh, you saw him flash a lot. I thought, you know, when you watch, go back and watch the game again, the good thing about him is he's in the box. So even when you're watching it from the TV view, you can actually see him all game that he's on the field, and he uh, he's constantly engaging, disengaging with the blockers and getting after the ball. He's just, he doesn't sit still, you know. So 
I thought he had a good game overall. I think he had like six or seven tackles or something, which is really good considering the fact that he didn't even play the whole game. And seven tackles is like what you get when you play the whole game. So that production that he had in Virginia of being always of being around the ball, you can see it carrying over where he's still always around the ball. He's going to load up on tackles. He's going to play the run really well, and he can rush the passer from the middle linebacker spot. So Michael Kaiser stood out to me on defense hardcore. Who would you have, uh, Rob? I was going to say Mike, but I will go with my second guy because I, uh, with the TV view and, and watching this afternoon, I kind of started paying attention in the second half to, the, to those rookies. I liked Mike uh, filling those A and B gaps. Uh, it's kind of kind of reminded me. It's easy to say because of the number, but little London Fletcher, right? Little guy just getting there and, and, and just stuffing it and uh, being stout. I liked it, but I'm going to go the man from Indiana. Tigre Scales, second Tigre. team with, with uh, what, five tackles, and I think he had a tackle for loss. Tigre kind of flashed a little bit as well, playing that linebacker spot, the spot that we've been concerned about, you know, since the uh, last couple of months. Um, two linebackers on on the on note. What do you think, uh, Joey? Uh, well, I was going to say at first uh, Tigre Scales, but actually very similar also uh, linebackers, Trevon Young. I um I like the guy's size and you know I I was seeing him out there um more than I thought out, out on the field and like you know he he also had some um you know he's I mean a, a lot of these guys are it's their their first game so they're going to be up and down he's a seventh right. round he's a sixth round pick sixth round pick and um you know just just to see him he had uh what four four combined tackles um I, I think I, I think he could maybe make an impact as like a like a depth player this this season. Um, I think he can. I mean, right, right now he'd be he'd be playing on the edge, right? Yeah. And, uh, and I, had, well, that's the thing is it, it, it's so early. I, I I wouldn't pigeonhole into that. Micah, put it like this: Micah Kaiser has one position. He can play the mic. <laughs> that's it. Well, Tra- Travin Young, yep. I, I could see him moving around. They could use him in a couple different ways. Come on now, you could, Micah could line up in that that Von Miller role, Cleo Mack. You got the Micah Kaiser there. has a six inch window. You can put him three <laughs> inches to the left or three inches to the right. He's great at it, but he ain't going nowhere, man. He's got <laughs> Micah Kaiser is not lining up on your edge, Don't, which is weird. Never. He can really rush the passer, and it's so weird to me yeah. that. He's good downhill. That I he's good downhill. Feel, I still don't feel like he's he's gonna be a good pass rusher from the edge, but up the middle. Which is harder to do, which makes no sense to me. <laughs> he he he'll yeah. get after your quarterback, and it's 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 freaky how good he is at it. Do we yeah, have any players on rookie, awful but you know? Oh, good. Oh, not a rookie. I like it. Curveball. Go ahead. Oh uh, well, I just you know the the guy I kept seeing there a bunch is uh is uh is Bryce Hager. He was uh seemed to be just all over the place on the field. I kept oh. calling his name. Oh. Um, oh. oh. He's. I always forget about him. Like I always kind of feel like I'm like, well, we don't have to depend on Bryce Hager. He's he's a guy that's just always going to be, you know, on the on the sidelines. But he definitely he gets on the field and he's just he's a workhorse and he's he's he, he's always around. But um, I don't know. I mean, do do you think that he's? Uh, I mean, how good do we think he is? Not I guess at that's all. My big question. Not at all good. <clears throat> I. Uh, Early on, I watched a lot, of, a lot of Bryce, and I was making fun of him as I was tweeting as I was watching the game. Uh, there was a play against the Ones. It was early in the game that he shot through the left side, clean, beat the beat the block, 
and didn't touch a damn person. That play went for about 14 yards right past him. Uh, I think Bryce Hager is one of those guys who shows out against equal competition, but when he gets against better guys, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see him stepping up. I think he shows out when the scrubs are on the field, when he's playing against slappers. Um, yep. But uh, I don't know. He's not my favorite. I would I would not be at all hurt when Brandon Fisher Jr. is let go in favor of some of these other young linebackers. <laughs> Couple other rookies to about, remember off of Loving Lula. I was about to mention Justin Lawler. I thought he had a pretty good game. He flashed a couple plays. Sebastian Joseph Day, I thought he had, for, for somebody who's pretty limited in a role, maybe a similar role to like Michael Brockers, right? Somebody that's not going to get a ton of plays that make you focus on him if you're just focusing on the ball. But if you're looking for somebody to plug up gaps, that could be the role. And Curtis Michael, I thought, had a pretty good uh, show in there in the second half. So a lot of things to build on, obviously, and certainly for the offense and for the early defense, although, again, you got your second team defense going against a first team offense. That's rarely yeah. going to work. And that same thing, second team defense going against first team offense, rarely going to work out well. And it didn't. And we went from there. One thing that I, let's throw this around. I don't know where to start with this, but I, I think I might be worried more than the media sounds like they are. I'm really worried about this new helmet rule. Not because I don't li- not because I don't like the rule, but I think it's, a, I think anytime you come in and throw a new rule, that A, is as subjective as this is for the referees, and B, that is this perjury, that has this kind of a penalty, I'm really worried about this. I was watching the Jets-Falcons game in the first half, and there was one that I was sure was going to get the flag. The, the Jets players turned around and were, were calling for it, and they didn't throw it. Where are, you got fans that are worried that their team's getting held every single play. You have how many – three, four, five plays a game where you want an interference call and you're not getting it. How, how often are fans going to be calling for the defense to get flagged for a helmet first tackle? I'm really worried that this is going to take a lot of focus and it's just going to be one of those things that doesn't, do, doesn't add more good than it takes away from the game, and that's saying something because it really is trying to make the game safer. What do you guys think This This is going to be the new catch rule hot button, right? It's going to happen in a big moment. When it's subjective and maybe like, just like last game. night, oh. just like last night, uh, when it was called on Mark Lee Christian, the offensive player lowers his head first. I slowed it down and watched. Into Christian it. comes yeah. in yeah. with his head low as well, but he hits him with the shoulder. He doesn't go with his head. He actually gets him with the shoulder. He's going to just you know, tackle. But the offensive player takes two steps, lowers his head completely. He's looking at his feet. Initiates contact, the flag goes against the defender. Is it one of those things where it's automatically going against the defender because, you know, it's, that's the nature of what they do. They tackle, they go in, and so that some, you know, the onus is on them to be extra careful about it. But I, I have a sneaking feeling we're going to hear about this all year long from every fan base in the league, and I can't wait to watch it happen and ruin a, someone's playoff chance. Just like Des Bryant and Green Bay, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this sometime down the road where it's a subjective thing. There's no clear cut. Yes. Right or wrong. And uh, people are going to be all kinds of pissed off about it. Joey. My I think, think it's, I think it's a bad, I think it's a bad rule. I think fans are going to hate it because a lot of these other rules, when you have pass interference or even rough, roughing the passer, you, you can kind of see it a little bit more where you can understand like, okay, it's slowing the game and it's hurting my team maybe, but fine. Um, it's 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 impeding the game to a degree, but this is uh, something that is almost in direct contrast to what NFL fans are used to, which is 
guys smacking each other and hitting each other really hard doing these big hits. And I think a lot of people are in denial about CTE. And I think that, yes, is it better for these players? Obviously. But are is it, is it going to be easy to digest? And I don't think it is. I think it's going to be one of those things, exactly what you guys said, is that people are constantly going to be going, why did you call it then? Why did you call it at this time? You know, it's, it's, it's just constantly going to be this weird subjective uh, thing that's going to um, almost – overtake the game and then maybe in one way it's going to be good because maybe we'll talk about this more than the national anthem but um it's again it just feels like it's a distraction from football and i they their interest are you know they have the best interest for the players so in, in my heart i like the rule but it's kind of what joe said that um how how is this you know how is this really going to work and i, I don't i don't see it being successful and I, I hate that you talk about the idea of people talking about it more than the anthem. I hate the talking about it from two sides. Number one is fans already complain all game. Fans complain all game yeah. that we're not getting called, that we're getting held all game, that the other team's getting called, that the refs suck, da, 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 who are already complaining at what I thought were maximum values. Somehow this is maximum, this is N plus 10. Uh, the other part that I hate about it is this dumb thing that I, we're still doing this, where we act as if football somehow is soft, where you're seeing this whole make football violent again, or people talking about, you know, oh, it's flag football. This game is so fucking violent. If you, you're taking yep. out one thing, we're taking out one little thing. We're just saying don't lead with the crown of your helmet, and you've got some people literally sitting at home that – have never experienced an ounce of violence in their lives, complaining about guys yep. who are throwing their entire livelihood at each other at full speed, at maximum physical capability. It's one of those things like, come on, man, that is not the angle. And I know that's just one of those things. That's, that's part of what makes Twitter great, which is why it's horrible. It's an absolute cesspool. <laughs> Myson, what do you think about that? <laughs> you know what? I don't care. <laughs> I really don't. Because here's the thing. They've been changing the rules so much now, and the players continue sure. to try as best as they can to adjust. And for the most part, they've done a good job adjusting to these rules. And they, you know, they're calling the game soft. I do agree that to some degree it is soft. And Joey was hitting on something there, saying that a lot of people don't believe that CTE is real. Let me tell you, it's very real. <laughs> you know, and aside from CTE, the problem with the concussions, like. Me personally, I know for a fact that I can remember that I've had four concussions. And <laughs> to now at 30, my, I forget a lot of stuff all the time. Like my memory is just starting to fade. This is a person who never forgot anything <laughs> when I was before. You know, like I just can't remember anything, and I'm only 30. So, yeah, it's real. Would I change it? No. And you ask any of those players, would they change it? No. <laughs> they all would do it again. So my thing is you know the risk. You know what's going on when you step up. Let them do it. But since they won't. That's just kind of what it is. They're adjusting, and they're still playing. The game is still doing really well. It's still the number one sport in North America. Yeah. I don't care anymore. Sure. Like I was, kind of, I was on that. Oh, they're making the game soft. Let them, it's just played out to me now. It's like whatever. They're not going to stop because the lawsuits aren't going to stop, right. and if the lawsuits aren't going to stop, yeah. then the NFL is just going to keep trying to change. They don't really care if the game is safe. They just care if their pockets are safe. So. You know, it is what it is. It's it's a a never-ending merry-go-round, and I'm just like, whatever. I'm tired of talking about 
oh, you know, they, they don't want you to hit with your head. Your head's going to always make contact. It is literally it's, impossible. It's unavoidable. Your head to not make contact in this game. It's impossible. And they're going to flag it, and it's going to be stupid, but what can you do? So I'm just dealing with it. I, I think you guys hit on something Force, as well. Force talking about the American way. What you got, Rebel? I think, you know, you're, you're talking about, you know what, they've, they've instituted different rules, targeting rules, et cetera, and the players have adjusted or tried to adjust as best they can. It's not going to happen overnight. But the reaction yesterday when the Rams were flagged twice, bro, bang, bang, because uh, I wasn't watching the game time. I was actually traveling and was watching, uh, watching the reaction to the plays. You know, people were talking about this might keep me from watching the games moving forward. Bullshit. Bullshit. Sure. You might not like the change, but it's your drug. We're all addicted to it. We're not talking. We don't talk Rams football in you know June and July because you know it's it's not something we don't enjoy. Just like everybody else, you might complain about it, but you're gonna be back there on Sunday watching just like everybody else, and you're gonna be paying that money, and uh, these boys are gonna be getting paid. So, you know, complain all yeah. you want. It's just part of the game. It's it's just something the players will have to adjust to. Like Myson said, let's just move on and and, and tee it up. Two factors. Number one, like you guys mentioned, they haven't had a ton of time. This, this, this rule got passed in March. They've only had one off-season to work on it. It's only been a rule for – so think about OTAs and training camp. How different did, – did, did teams around the NFL do anything different to, to train guys around this call? How much time literally did they spend on this? I don't know, but I doubt it was a ton. Uh, and, you know, this being the first preseason game – they haven't had a lot of chance to adjust. Individuals, Shamarco Thomas got ejected for uh, the Colts. They haven't had a lot of time to adjust their game and change their style to fit this new rule. And, you know, hopefully over time, these guys, guys like Marky Christian, and I, again, I don't know what he could have really done for that one, but you, you give players a, a time to change. Talented players will do it better than untalented ones, and that's kind of the deal with competitive sports. The second factor I'd throw out there is, and then I'll let you have it, Robo, is a lot of times with rules like this, especially ones that have direct impact on the outcomes, not ones where it's like replay the down, but ones where it's a penalty, automatic first down, 15 yards, that kind of thing. And in other sports where it's that same level of penalty, as you see early on, especially in preseason games, refs will call it a lot to try to get the players to adjust then when it matters less so that, that by the time you get to the season, they don't have to call it as frequently where, you know, the part of the reason where they were probably calling it twice in a row throughout the game and, and probably mention it to both coaches, to both teams in the pregame meeting is to let them know, look, this is the rule. Now we're going to enforce this and you kind of force that adjustment on them now so that by the time you get to the regular season, you don't have to do as much. What you got, Robo? I mean, you, you just said on that. A couple of years ago, we had, you know, the new point of emphasis and everything, you know, it, it's overhyped in the preseason and it's called. And as the season goes on, we don't even think about it. I think the teams this really affect are the teams who are coached by aggressive guys like Greg Williams, the Browns. He buys sure. blowing guys up rather than making sound fundamental tackles. If you remember a couple of years ago, the Seahawks and Pete Carroll released a video about how we teach to tackle. That They called it the Hawk tackle. It's a rugby right. style tackle. We, we go down the leg and you wrap up there. It hasn't even evolved. Teams and coordinators and coaches who coach that style of play are going to see it less often than guys who want sure. their big blow-up splash play. I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at. I think they're going to figure it out. It'll adjust. I think it's going to take longer for those more aggressive Greg Williams-type coordinators to adjust and, and deal with it than the other guys. 
Uh, but I, I also, like you said, see this going away a little bit sooner rather than later once the, the game actually starts to count. Let us pray. Onward and upward, we got training camp practices. Well, we'll see. Tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we got a threesome of practices. They'll get the day off on Tuesday. Then we get a Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday dual session. Those are the last practices. So we've got these five practices are the last practices of training camp heading into next Saturday's game at the Coliseum against the Oakland Raiders, a classic L.A. area rivalry. Joey, what do we need to do between now and then? What are you looking forward to between Raiders and Rams besides definitely going to the Coliseum with your baby child near Raiders fan? You know what? I, um, I'm, uh, I, I'm pretty pumped about it. I mean, you know, we talk about, uh, talk about fights in practice, and uh, the, the Raiders are uh, the, 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 they're a team that fights, right? Uh, or at least their fans do. Never. But I. Uh, Never. It's going to be good to see. It's going to be good to see everybody in the Coliseum, and uh, I. Uh, I really hope that we just see some more of like the ones that you know out there, and I want to see. I, I, I want to see how Robert Woods is. Is he going to play like, you know, the guy behind Brandon Cooks, or is he going to, um, you know, play more like the alpha dog and you know really get out there and, and, and be the primary receiver? I want to see just how the chemistry. Uh, goes with uh, with the offense, so I, I just want to see um, more of the stars and, and just see how um, how it's all going to mix because we've been talking about it so much in the off season as far as all these pieces you know being put together and I kind of want to see how it all cooks together. Yeah, Mason, what do you what do you want to see this week and into next week? Uh, I want to see improvement. <laughs> I want to see the second unit. You know, uh, in all seriousness. You know, I mentioned it earlier. It's a good thing that they got the opportunity that they did because you don't often, as the backups, get to play against the starters that much. And especially sure. when you're talking about not being the, you know, the dummies, the tackling dummies or whatever, like you are in practice against your own team. You know, this is live game action against a different team. You get to get valuable reps. These are the games where when you get cut, another team picks you up. <laughs> you know, uh, and I just want to I want to see guys improve uh, because the thing is, Rob mentioned it earlier. How many carries are you expecting a, a, a Justin Davis or John Kelly, Malcolm Brown? Yeah, you're not really expecting a lot. But the thing is, if something is to happen where they have to step in, you want to feel that comfort of I know this guy can get the job done. One thing about the Eagles last year. Aside from quarterback, we know what Nick Foles was able to do. Aside from quarterback, I felt like they were the deepest team in the league. They just had depth everywhere. Every time somebody got hurt, it didn't matter. Next guy was up. You know, their running back room was the deep, probably the deepest in the league last year. Receivers were just popping up out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, uh, when Zach Ertz was hurt, you had uh, tight ends. They had two or three tight ends just come out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, the depth was there, and I think that was I think that was the key to them being able to have the run that they did. And if you look throughout history, every team that's been able to do it, it's been depth. The Rams, their Super Bowl happened because what? They had depth. They had a quarterback that could get the job done, you know. So, yeah. who ultimately ended up being a Hall of Famer? But nevertheless, he was able sure. to get the job done. That helps. The guy that you thought was your guy, <laughs> you know, the guy you thought was your guy, got hurt, you know. So you you, you want that depth on your team. You need that depth, and I, that's all I want to see is just a few positions get a little bit better. So this season could be Mike Sean Mayhem's Hall of Fame career maker right here. Yeah, we yes. Put it down. <laughs> We will rally behind <laughs> Sean Mannion, and we will play good football. Mason, yes, give me one or two good names that you want to that you're going to be paying attention to for the Raiders game. But wait for it, wait for it, and then give me your name. 
Yeah. I had a good long one there. <laughs> Ding. Uh, I'm looking at uh, <laughs> I'm looking at Tamara Hemingway, and then I'm also looking yeah. at um, our I'm looking in our secondary because I really am questioning Ooh. once we get past Mikael the, the, the Roby Coleman, who's going to step up because you know we have those top three, but like I said, it only takes one instance for somebody to be needed, and so I'm wondering. And I know we have Sam Shields. I'm really interested to see how well he shakes off the rush. You know, I didn't get to see a lot of him in this game. So let's see what's going on here with them shields, but then also let's look at some of these other guys, these young guys. I want I want to see somebody step up in that secondary because secondary scares me. I want to see more Ramon Richards. We didn't get a lot of him, um, but maybe we'll get him uh, next week. And then obviously we got to see what we get back if we get guys like uh, Obanaya Okoronkwo, uh, Matt Longacre if they come back off injury. Obviously we got to get the end, the updates on Kevin Peterson and uh, Josh Reynolds, but. Now it's time for a little turf show radio after dark. Folks, Rob has a special player that he needs to talk about. It's one that evokes certain feelings. Yes, I'm talking about Rob's feeling of Cooper. Just just one man who really brings it every game for me. Brings me to that special player, special feeling. That cup, cupness that just makes me feel warm and special inside watching 18 two men one cup (laughs) (laughs) the uh the cooper cup show you know what uh we had a couple baltimore guys call it out in the in in the two practices uh you know he's how he was just kind of torching everybody nobody could stay with them they ran they ran a play scored a 49 touchdown they called it back they ran the same damn play he torched them again i want to see how my boy cooper cup is going to mesh not having Sammy out there, but now he's got a guy who's a little more similar to himself and more of an inside thought. He and Brandon Cooks and that wide mm. receiver core. I want to see, I want to see the cupness. I want to see, I want to see how that, that cup comes forward. In all seriousness, actually, uh, did you see McVay talking after the game yesterday? He was, uh, he mentioned the fact that they have the Raiders up next and that's their first preseason, that's their first opponent to start the year. So I'm really not sure how much we're going to see of anything out of the Rams other than vanilla, 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 because I don't think he wants to tip his hand to nothing. Um, he, he mentioned it in the post game last day, uh, so you know it's it's not something that he had planned. It just kind of came off the top of his head. I really don't know how much we're going to see out of anything coming up uh, this week. I mean, they have to do something more than they did yesterday, but I don't think we're going to see anything special out of these guys. I, I wonder if McVay, you, you have a thought on that? Might send me that. Do you think Sean McVay is just going to you know, dial this thing back next week? Who cares how much how much the Boo Birds come out? But is there some is there some truth to that? Yeah, there is. I mean, Joe hit it right on the head. It's not about you know necessarily trying to win or show your hand or anything like that. You know, teams aren't going out there trying to see how how many trick plays they can pull off. You know, it's real. It's an evaluation season. And a lot of people hate the preseason. I personally think that that's silly, <laughs> especially if you're a Rams fan. If, you, if you've been a Rams fan for at least 20 years, you should love the preseason because without the preseason, there would have been no Kurt Warner. Without that, we would have no Super Bowl in the last 20 years. So people say they hate the preseason. I'm just like, without the preseason, there's no Tom Brady. You know, there's, there's no Terrell Davis. You know, so the preseason matters. But those guys did I'm okay without Tom Brady. I'm okay if Tom Brady had never existed. <laughs> I knew somebody I'll was going to say something. <laughs> Without the preseason, you know, you don't get the uh, opportunity to evaluate those guys. And that's what it's really about. It's about evaluation. It's not necessarily about, oh, does the team go 4-0 in the preseason? I can remember one year, 2011, the 
Rams went four and zero in the preseason, and look what happened. <laughs> you know, so it, it, going four and zero doesn't really mean as much. It's really about the evaluation of each individual player. So I believe Sean McVay is going to be focused on that, like he has been, and I, that's what I'm focused on. I'm not really worried too much about <laughs> how many uh, how many guys. It, it'll be nice to win. You love to see a win. You always want to see your team win, but this time of year, you know, you guys know me. I look at it. I look at all the films from the coaches. For the, <laughs> the film junk, you got to watch it that way. So I, I'm looking at it a little different. So not winning doesn't kill me at this time of year. I'm just looking to see who's going to step up. Maybe look not winning so much as important, but maybe looking better, right? Not looking as inept across the board. Exactly. Hopefully, that, that just that's the main watch for me is uh, offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. We talked about it, how bad they were against the Ravens. Uh, I would really like, and I, you know, I get it. They're, they were the whipping boys, the Daryl Williams and Cornelius Lucas of this last game. I don't know that they're ever going to be, you know, all pros or anything, but I'd like to see the offensive line give us a, a little bit more faith uh, that the depth is going to be something that won't uh, cripple us going into the season. I think the good thing is, and I mentioned this with Troy Hill, uh, somebody had said, I, I forget, I replied on Twitter, was that as bad as, oh, it was Jonah. Uh, if you guys don't follow him, great follow. Check out our mentions, Churchill Times. Uh, had mentioned something about Troy Hill, and I said the other, the other thing about Troy Hill that doesn't worry me as much is we saw him on the field. Uh, you know, f- for whatever reason, Wade Phillips was ever able to get some pretty good football out of him at the end of the season into the playoff game that's not something we've ever really seen from Daryl Williams or Sean Mannion uh, in season, it, late in a season, in December, and even in January. So that at least gives me a little faith with a guy like Troy Hill. I'd like to get some of that faith starting to build and some of the offensive line depth because there's a good chance, given the fact that they were the healthiest offensive line in the NFL, only offensive line that stuck together for the first 15 games of the year um, that had they not needed to sit them for week 17, probably would have played uh, the whole season. Um, So that'll be it. That'll be uh, the end of training camp. We'll be halfway through the preseason with two games left to evaluate the roster uh, and get to that. Let's get to some, uh, we got a couple uh, listener questions to deal with this week. We can knock these out real quick and then we'll get out of here. One from Big Russ, Crenshaw Rams, who everybody follows. I don't have to say anything there. Question, although he was running behind the twos versus the ones and yesterday, uh, and yesterday's game has less implications than everything we haven't seen at camp. Do you guys think Malcolm Brown is going to drop behind both Kelly and Davis? We talked about this. Um, it, it, uh, is it fair to say that Malcolm Brown is behind Kelly and Davis, or are they just two different roles and the role that Kelly and Davis play is more valuable? What do you guys think? Ooh. I don't know that they're behind yet, but I think they're knocking on the door. Uh, mm. But it, it all comes down to who do you trust, right? Who does Sean McVay trust? Does he trust? Malcolm Brown's ability to pass pro, which is going to be pretty damn important, uh, or does he does he does he want to maybe get a little bit more explosiveness on the field? Um, no, Sean McVay. I bet you Malcolm Brown makes his team. Not saying he won't, but uh, I bet you there's. I don't know that. I don't know that they're going to cut him just yet. We'll see over the next couple of weeks if the if the guys can improve on their pass pro and get their technique down or whatever. Uh, they have that explosiveness that Malcolm doesn't have, but uh, right now I still think Malcolm's got the number two spot. Misa, what do you think? You there? Or you going another way? You know what? That that was a good like it was a good question already, but I like the way Joe phrased it, and that kind of made me step back and say, "Oh, you know what? That's a good point." Um, <laughs> it's hard to say. Like I can honestly see Malcolm Brown, Kelly, and Davis all being on the being on the, uh, the depth chart together. I can definitely yep. see us keeping four yep, running backs. The the order though, because I think that Kelly 
is sort of a mixture of Davis and Malcolm Brown. You know, he's a lot more physical than his size, which leads you to think he's not quite sure. as quick as Davis, but he has that cutting ability that Malcolm Brown lacks. So he's a mixture of those two. However, I think that, you know, the depth chart put out with the Rams, even though the first depth chart is never really that accurate because the Rams starters are so locked in, I think that the depth chart is actually pretty accurate for what we'll see during the season. And I think right now Kelly is number four. Do I think he has a chance of passing up Malcolm Brown? I don't know. (laughs) It's going to be hard. I think Three preseason games left. Three preseason games left. I know, I know, but I think Justin Davis has a good possibility of passing. But, but Michael Brown, you know, in this league, you have to be able to protect the quarterback, and his pass pro is solid, you know, and that that's the thing, you know, can, can Justin Davis and John Kelly step it up in their area? So we'll see. But right now I'm saying no, I'm saying Michael Brown holds on to it. Thick. Next question, Mr. Moogley, a.k.a. Gary. Considering Mannion's performance, is there still time to consider picking up a backup QB in free agency? I will change this question. You guys can answer his question or mine. Here's, here's what I would ask. You've had, you've had all offseason to do it. Why would the Rams, having decided to stick with Mannion, stick with Brandon Allen, and add Luis Perez, find someone or, 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 or think about bringing in someone now Versus doing it, you know, at the beginning of OTAs where they could have gotten the guy into the system. Why, why would it make sense to do that now versus doing it then? Is there any reason to do that? Yeah, Tom Brady's cut uh, in a couple of weeks. Oh, all right. Two Other Tom that, Brady I, references in one episode for soup. <laughs> I'm cutting with you on that one, Joe. Uh, they've had all the time in the world to find another backup. I think they're comfortable with Sean and, you know, they they could have got RG three, they didn't. They could have gone some other route. They could have gotten a lot they of guys. Didn't. They yeah, could have gotten they, all kinds of guys. Plenty of guys out there. They could have grabbed. They were grabbing everybody else in the league. They didn't address the quarterback because you know McVay must be you know content with what he's got. They didn't take one in the, in the draft with their five hundred draft picks. So uh, that tells me that that they're okay with Sean Mannion. Do you know what? My son, I think that they. Oh. I think that they were expecting. Be okay with Sean Mannion, and you know, again, really believe that there's the possibility that becoming a new father has played a role in his level of play. But again, also, you have to take into consideration if this continues, then you will likely see some moves made. I think they, I think I don't think that they're going to jump in quick, but. You know, three more games. I think it's game two where you're likely going to see Sean Mannion play two quarters, <laughs> then you know, or at least close to two quarters. And if it's still a struggle, then I think that we'll see a move get made to where, where uh, we see another quarterback possibly get brought in, um, and maybe uh, uh, Luis Perez gets dropped, or you know, Brandon Allen gets moved right. back, or even uh, even that deal. So. It, 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 it's, it's hard to tell because it's the first game, and I don't want to jump the gun. But I do think that sure. it is he's on, he's on alert. You know, it's kind of costly right now. And Sean McVay mentioned that it was a small sample size, and you don't want to overreact based on that game. The thing I think that's interesting is this is Mannion's fourth year in the league. It's his second year under McVay. It's not as if, you know, he hasn't seen him enough. Uh, and the fact that he wanted to stick with him, and like Rob said, they didn't explore any other – you know, medium value options, I think, uh, tells you just the kind of faith they have in him. 
Um, we had one from Daniel Pepper here. Do you think that Joe Noteboom is the heir apparent to, Whit- to Big Wit, Andrew Whitworth? Also, what do you think our biggest needs are right now? I'm going to push that second one because I think, obviously, it's too early to know much about Joe Noteboom. What do you guys think? And obviously, recency bias based off the game. Are there any positions? Maybe it's quarterback, and that's standing out to, you know, the tallest right now. Any positions that you're worried about in terms of roster needs? I'll, I'll, I'll throw it. Edge. We're still looking at edge. I mean, I, I didn't see much from mm. our edge guys last night. Uh, Sansom Edcom played a little bit. Um, I saw him flush Flacco. That's the second play of the game. Um, Tenzil Smart got way out of his, his, uh, his lane and let Flacco escape for you know, a modest three or four yard game. But uh, other than that, I saw the same move from that cat. Every move was speed right to the man's midsection and get locked up. Uh, I So I when I was at practice a couple of weeks ago, I didn't see a lot of it out of him there either. So that's that's the man I'm looking for. I think uh, they're still they're they're still looking for something there. Now we'll we'll see what happens in the season happens. Uh, Junior Gallette still says he's going to Cali, Cali, Cali. <laughs> that name is not going to go away anytime soon either. But it, just like the quarterbacks, Junior's been sitting around for a long time. Nobody they haven't called him up yet. So. Uh, my, I'm still I'm still concerned with with the edge pressure. It's going to be pass rush by committee. Obviously, that changes when Aaron Donald is in there with with Mr. Sue. But right now, we don't have both of those men. We have one, and Brockers will get you some of that as well. But you still need some edge pressure. Um, so that's kind of where where my biggest concern of, for this team right now is is pressure off the edge. What do you got, Mice? You know what. <laughs> I'm not worried about the edge, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I'm not. Because if you know Wade Phillips' defense and you know how it works, the pressure is going to come. <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, so I'm not too crazy. Like, I'm not really tripping off of that. You, even last year, you know, you look at how things turned out with just the overall uh, sack production. They were from everywhere. <laughs> there was no, like, dominant person going to get sacks. They were just popping up from everywhere. Um, and I think that I think it will be similar to, to last year, again, this year. And it could be even better with some fresh legs, <laughs> you know, out there, some young fresh legs. Um, shot at Robert Quinn. Really about yeah. <laughs> not really. Not, not, that was not a shot at Robert Quinn. <laughs> 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 that was a shot at some other guy on the other side <laughs> but anyway <laughs> so uh no i me personally i i want to see um what we have going on at the uh the uh, defensive uh line <laughs> one thing that i think that we have a uh a history of is rotation up front um it's where we've been good at for years now. Um, even before the Jeff Fisher era, you know, you can go back to as far as Leroy Glover, <laughs> Leroy Glover era, you know, where Chris Long, the young Chris Long and all those guys, the Rams had a deep rotation up there. It is, uh, it's, it, 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 it's something that I'm questioning right now because it's a lot of unproven guys outside of Ethan Westbrook's and a, a oft injured Dominique Easley. Um, what, what's going to happen up there when, you know, Sue needs to take a breather and Aaron Donald needs a breather, who you're bringing in, who's going to make plays, you know, will there be a fall off? You know, so I have, I have a lot of questions as far as our defensive line goes. Um, there's, there's, there's opportunity for it to be great. <laughs> there really is. 
And then there's opportunity for us to see some dips whenever one of those guys have to come out the field. As we saw last year in the playoffs, when Michael Brocker got hurt, it was a vast difference in the run defense. I'm looking. I'm looking at D line. This this was to you, D line. Let's see what type. Let's see what you bring to the table. Uh, good times. The good, I think the interesting thing is you look at Obanayoko, Ronko, Matt Longacre, who I mentioned. If we're looking at the edge, the Rams have some out there. If you're looking at D line, they got a bunch of rookies. You're looking at you know John Franklin, uh, De, uh, Myers, Sebastian Joseph Day. They got some young guys that can make you step up, uh, and that's what uh, precinct's for. We're going to do lightning round. I'm going to limit your word budget on these. This is from Mr. B tw- Trey B12, who has two things about his Twitter account that I like. Number one, his tw- – I don't know what the difference is. It's not his username. If you want to follow him, it's M-R-T-R-E-Y-B-12, Mr. Trey B12. But his user, I guess, name is two eight one three three zero eight zero zero four, which all Mike Jones fans can appreciate. That's number one. Number two, this motherfucker got the happiest avatar on Twitter. I don't know where he took this. He is in the Garden of Eden, and he's just staring up at a flower tree, and he is happy as shit, and I'm happy for him. Here are his questions. This is a one-word budget question. You get either wise or foolish. Myson, you get to go first. Wise or foolish to give golf a series against Raiders next week, given that our, they're our first official opponent? Wise or foolish to give golf a series against Raiders next week, given that they're our first official opponent? Wise or foolish? Wise. Um, you always want to get as much film as you can. And no, there's one word. No, no, no. This is a budget. <laughs> you, don't get to, you don't get to run a deficit. This is America. You know. One word. Wise or foolish? <laughs> Why? <laughs> we, have stand- we have standards on Turf Show Radio. Uh, uh, no, Bravo! Wiser really foolish. Uh, I will go. You really don't. I will Did go you- wise as well. What were you going to say, Myson? You- I'll give you an addendum. What's prof- I need professor okay. here as our official Turf Show Radio lawyer. <laughs> what were you going to say? It's the preseason. We're not going to show our hand, but you do want to get that. You do want to get that feel for that defense. You know where the defense you're going to play. So it kind of gives you a leg up if you do it right. Um, I'll go wise because I'd like to see him get some time before we get there. Uh, anything more than that, I would be calling two eight one three three zero eight zero zero four. Hit Mike Jones up on the low because Mike Jones is about to blow. Second question. Yes or no? This is a one-word budget, my sin. You you like to just blow your wad on the first one. Did last night's third down drop put Josh Reynolds on the cut bubble? Yes or no? No. Robbo. Oh, this is hard not to speak. (laughs) Ooh. No. One drop? One drop is a cut? Shit. Uh, Look at you. See, now you're – No. I, I will say I will say I will say no, but I'm much less a no than you two. I like drops. I like drama. Uh, most impressive defensive rookie from last night. You get two words unless you get one of the hyphenated guys. Then you get three words. I don't like hyphenated last names. <laughs> Pick a last name. You don't get two of them. That's cheating the system. Most impressive defensive rookie from last night. Micah Kaiser. Ooh. Micah Kaiser. Micah Kaiser. Micah Kaiser. His follow up. Does Kaiser have a chance to start? Yes or no? Yes. Ooh. Start week one or week eight? Uh, that wasn't the question. <laughs> ah. No to week one. I yes. Like 
to down the road. It all depends Questions on are hard. Last question. Does the ACL injury to Washington Redskins running back Darius Geis, no. sadly LSU running back who is already out for the season, does his injury make us more cautious about playing our starters or no. business as usual? So you get three words here, playing our starters or business. I'm supposed to, you're supposed to make these rhymes. So like playing our starters or cautious at harders. That was really bad, but it's supposed to rhyme. Playing our starters or business as usual. What do you got, Mike? Playing our starters or sit them harder. Yeah. Oh, that's play, play play the starters. You can't you can't play scared. When you play scared, you get yeah, hurt. Man, I'm not with the playing scared thing, man. Let's go out there and just get it. <laughs> they got to get some work. See, here's the here's how you know I'm from Louisiana. I like gumbo. You take all the an- you take all the answers, Love. you mash them together, and you get the best answer of all. It's cautious about playing our starters and business as usual. Your business should be to play cautious. We should have already been scared as shit before Darius Geis' ACL injury. Hey, Joe, That's why we didn't Joe, play our starters Joe, last Joe, night. Joe, you want to be a Joe, Joe, you exceeded the three words. What, what are you doing <laughs> to our good name around here? You're killing our well, good when name. You, when, that's how when you make a roux, you get three words over here, you get three words over here, you mix them together. That's six words. Now we're cooking. Uh, Mr. Trey B12, <laughs> thank you very much. Great question. Thanks to everybody for listening to questions. Um, last, last one, Myson. I know you wanted to talk about this. We can get to this, and then we're out of here. The Rams are in the same zip code. <laughs> I love Lester Peace Need, man. I love, you know what I love? I love when he talks. I love when Lester Peace talks to the media because he does not speak English like normal people. I love it. He Here's really quote. Let, the Rams and Aaron Donald are in the same zip code, area code, ballpark when it comes to talks. Zip code usually means you're close, but you still haven't agreed. What the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> you know what? When you when you listen to Leslie, it is it can, it's a riddle every time. However, the whole zip code thing, and to just kind of be specific on what he said, you know. Zip code usually means you're close, but you still haven't agreed. So he he's he's saying that they're right there. It's 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 the few minor details. It's kind of like when you look at a rookie contract. You know how the contract is already slotted in, but then you still have guys holding out over like language and stuff like that. That's the type of thing I think he's talking about. It's those it's those few details that stick it out, and the detail could be something like a couple million dollars, like a four million dollar difference. Yes, guys go back and forth over a $4 million difference. If you watched Hard Knocks, I think everyone would get a better understanding. Would they be like, oh, what's a few more million? You already get this much. Baker Mayfield had a $14 million signing bonus, and he literally went on Hard Knocks and said, Uncle Sam took half. He said, I got $7, $7 million in my account. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It's nothing to match your eyelash yet, but you just lost $7 million for nothing. So you can kind of understand why the players are so tedious about getting those extra millions especially if they feel like they're worth it. So it could be something from, you know, four or five million dollar difference. It could be something about language. It could be anything. It could be a year that they want to add on or a year they want to remove. But I think that overall, just the overall contract, they might have agreed on a lot of the contract at this point. Now it's about getting those little things cleaned up. So I thought it was interesting. I thought it was very interesting because it's it's a pretty different stance from what Kevin Kevin Demoff said uh, last week when he said that they just they don't agree, you know, on Aaron Donald's value. So now you're hearing that there's a little more agreeing going on, and you know, Aaron Donald did have that cryptic uh, tweet that he put up a few days after uh, Kevin Demoff's uh, comments, where he just kind of got the hourglass and 
what the hell does that hourglass mean? <laughs> you know? Oh, we broke uh, so, down. I broke down what that meant. I explained what that oh, meant yeah. in great detail. We we saw what you said. <laughs> you, the 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 last the, the number one, the fifth thing on your list was probably the first thing people were hoping for. But yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I definitely get the Rams. I think that the Rams have you know continued to talk. They I don't think they've shunned him away or pissed him off to the point that he's not talking or whatever. So. I'm glad to see talks are still ongoing. Now, what the truth is, it's probably somewhere between the zip code thing and just don't agree. It's probably somewhere in between there. So if you can figure that out, then you're cooking. <laughs> but the ballpark, just don't agree. Uh, it's, it's it's tough to call. These these negotiations, they get ugly. They get ugly quick. Good to see Aaron Donald still staying in shape, though. <laughs> Robo, where are they at? They're, they're in the same zip code. They're in the same area code. They're in the same ballpark. <sighs> Are, are they within earshots? Are they within? Are they within eyesight? Are they? Are they <laughs> arms reach distance? Before we go there, I would I, huh? listen. The less need is is always an adventure. Can they going, smell his it's breath? Going, it's going to an audible carnival. You just never know what you're going to get. It's always going to be weird. I mean, <laughs> what, what was that man's pitch to asking his wife out for the first date? I mean, there had to be some wacky shit there. Uh, I wonder. I also wonder if he came on and said those things to kind of temper. The comments, the demoff dropped on radio. Mm. All right, demoff went out and dropped them. All right, Les, next time you're out, just you know, let's let's say that we're close, whatever, in your own special way. So we just talk people off the ledge because you know, I, 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 right? I hope that's what artists gives them. It's kind of like curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> there's not there's not even talking points. It's just like all right, Les, here's the deal. We're close <laughs> now. Make it your own. Go ahead and, and put that into Les speak. Do that special wacky shit that you do. I mean, talking about Jared, Jared Goff, the difference between surfing and skiing, and you don't delete Sam Bradford. All the bo- I mean, he's he's human somewhere he's on the own. God, he's his own dude. So, but I also I did wonder when I heard it is all right. Is he out there just you know giving giving some lip service to dial people back and talk them off the ledge after KD's comments a couple of days before? Uh, if they're in the same zip code, it's it's like what Myson said. You know, it could be it, language. It's it could be an extra year. It's guaranteed money. We're off by a few whatever. Uh, I think the interesting thing out of all that that came out of it was today, we heard from the Raiders that Khalil Mack is asking for 22. So we got a number from the other guy because it's a popular opinion that each guy is waiting for the next guy to sign. So if we have a 22 from Khalil Mack and that's what he wants, uh, popular opinion on Twitter was, well, shit, let's sign him for let's give you ID 22 and call it good. I don't think it works that way. But it was a number from the other side since these two guys are signed at the hip until one signs. Uh, I'm with my AD poll. I'm still I'm, I'm with you guys. It's not gonna happen. I'm I'm staying I'm staying on the I'm not, outside. He it's not gonna happen. Jumped ship. I've jumped. I'm, that ship has sailed until it until it comes back into port on me. It's not gonna happen. Let's assume Joey's still the yes. My center, you still a no? Obviously. <laughs> Sad times. We got a note here. Colin A. D. Pole. My son, is that you? I don't know what this is talking about. I don't know what this means. Colin A. D. Pole. I have no clue. Anybody? Know? Oh, I think it was A. D. Pole, and someone added Colin to it. Uh, a. D. Pole is where we at, and we just did it. We're all in the know, and Joey's still yes. That is a good run sheet. Look at that. That's a spicy episode. Um, one thing I think we're going to try to start doing, especially as we get closer, is shortening these episodes and maybe cutting them up into two. Uh, preview episode, recap episode. May not see all four of us. Maybe Myson and Joey one night and Robbo, Myson and Joey the other night. And maybe all four of us, maybe just me. 
we'll figure out how we're going to do it on schedule. But I think uh, we've got some podcast stuff coming for you in the next couple of weeks as we get ready for the regular season. Short thoughts, man. Last thought. I know it wasn't a great. I know it wasn't a great game, but it's just the preseason. Final thoughts as we come back home to LA and get ready for week two. It is. We had football. We had football to to bitch about for the first time since we bitched last time when they lost against the Falcons. So it's all. You know what? You know what I think the problem is, Rob. This is my own problem, is that I watch so much football in the off season that I'm never not watching football. So everybody's like, football's back. I'm like, bitch, I've been watching football for like two months. What? Y'all ain't watching. UCF was on the other night in Memphis. That game was great. I was watching 1997 UW-Miami. That was great. That was so good. They had Miami Notre Dame on two weeks ago, 96. You were a different Ray breed, Lewis, my friend. That game was great. <laughs> no, sir, I'm out. I th- I'm not. I, I don't. I don't think I enjoy the whole football is back thing as much as most people. But I try to surreptitiously because I know how important it is and how how enjoyable it is for everybody to have football back. So yeah, football's back. That's a good thing. And I'm glad to have back. it. Myson, what you think? Week two. What you looking for? What do you need? What do you need? What would make you happy as we get through this heading into week two? Oh, what would make me happy? If uh, I'm watching the game and I see the uh, the backups play the starters again, and I just see J- John Kelly or Justin Davis tearing them up, <laughs> then I'm like, okay, we have a backup that we can use. Or if Sean Million steps up, or somebody, somebody, one of the backups plays against the other team starters, and they're just eating them alive. Oh yeah, that that that'll put a smile on my face. I'll be a happy man then. Also, real Big quick, Sean, real let's quick, get it. Oh. Real quick, real quick. Listeners, listeners, I'll, be on the, the lookout. And... Go for it. It's going. It's in the background. Be on the lookout. That's a teaser. Oh, I need. Be on, I need it. Listeners, 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 be on the lookout for a post on the site. Give you the chance, as you know that we've done before, to come on the show, chat it up with us. Make yeah. sure you pay attention because I'm going to throw that out there soon. Coming, we're gonna talk football. We're gonna that's, talk Rams. We have a good time. You, we usually have a good Russ laugh. Crenshaw. That's made for you, Russ. You listen every that, week. I'm calling you. I'm calling you. I'm calling. I'm calling you to you, uh, Russ Crenshaw. Holler at me. Get on it. This is made for what are called in the radio world. It's called the P ones. This is your nor your top tier listeners, people that listen every week. I know you guys do. We got the most listened to Rams podcast on these internet. So I know there's a ton of y'all, but some people are listeners. Some people are listeners and talkers. And for those of you guys who are both, we want to hear from you. So holler at us. That's coming. We have Mycin wants to do it. That's a, that's a Mycin project. We're fun people. We're nice people. Come on. We won't follow you. We won't bug you. You can come on, talk some football, talk some tacos, Bring talk some Cooper game. Cup, talk some. Oh, yeah. Ooh, you know what we can talk, talk about? Oh. We can talk about sexy sax solos. Oh, oh there we go. Oh, man. Yeah, there we go. Ah. Uh, new father. It's coming at you with that new dad looking Yeah, come a car wash. Gonna have him in a car. We can do it. Eighty k strong. Oh, Cooper oh, I like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, hit us up. Five practices less than training camp. Raiders next weekend. We'll holler at y'all. Touch show radio. We out. Peace.
bad jacket and I'm starting this off. The rhymes get down so nobody scoffs. And don't you worry, cause the rhymes are rapping. When game time comes, we'll be back to Jackson. We can't sing and our dance is not pretty, but we'll do our best for the team and the city. So get on your feet and clap your hands. Let's ram it right now with the L.A. Rams. Hollywood Hanson, Dodge City Tough. If you throw it my way, it's gonna get rough. I like to ram it, as you can see. Nobody likes ramming any more than me. They call me Zeta. Nobody dresses Twitter. But under this cool is a quarterback mistreater. I come from the end, looking for the sack. I don't stop coming till I put them on their back. This limousine with it, my moves are like dreams. They call me the demon on special team. I know how to rock from the toes to the head. When I pull the trigger, I'll knock you dead. I'm a mountain man from West VA. They call me Herc and I came to play. I learned long ago to ram it just right. You can ram it all day and ram it all night. Now, welcome to the Malcolm Brown Thick Zone with 3K, where if you ain't thick, Hey, I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech. Why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function.